This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Suddenly this afternoon, Alan Pardew is no longer manager of Crystal Palace Football Club. For months now, fans of speculated on what the record had not led to dismissal sooner and now the trigger has been pulled many are asking why now we'll be attempting to answer that question and many others tonight in this special one-off show as well as our panel we'll be inviting you to call tweet or email your views to us tonight too maybe now it's happened you feel a modicum of sadness maybe you feel angry it's not come sooner maybe the sheer terror of the favorite for the job has finally hit you share with us tonight we'll be back after this short message Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Can I just say, some of the pauses in that weren't dramatic pauses. My internet was playing <laughs> up slowly. It really did sound like I was giving it the proper gravitas. Uh, as you can probably tell from my voice, uh, Steve Parrish's announcement of the, um, the let's call it the sacking of Alan Pardew. I don't know what asking to step down means. It means sacking, I think. Uh, it's been timed brilliantly. Uh, not only is producer Mikey ill, but uh, I am also ill. Uh, my name is Chris Hambling, and joining me today are Terence Ford. Hello. Hello. Terence might have to step up to the plate if my voice goes or I have a coughing fit. But we also have, for your listening pleasure, Mr. Nick Philpot. Anything pleasure from me. Good evening, everybody. Oh, you always have to be creepy, don't you? <laughs> Fingers um, up. That laugh helped. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be uh, opening up the phone lines a little bit later on, probably from about 10 past slash quarter past seven. We take a note of this number now is 0208 123 6699. 0208 123 Give us a call on that. We won't be answering any withheld numbers, just so you're aware, because we want to be able to take revenge if anyone just phones up and abuses us. So just bear that in mind. Uh, and I believe, well, in fact, I know for a fact, the, uh, the cost of the call will come out of your, your three minutes of using a mobile. Um, but if not, it's charged at a local rate. So that's 0208 123 6699. I have to say, I don't know about overseas calls. So, a bit of a warning there. <laughs> um, well, guys, we are worldwide now. We're worldwide. We, we might yeah. get someone calling from, I don't know, Syria. I, I, I've got Google Analytics, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> we do get some really, really weird countries on the list, don't we? 
Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we've got to give our reaction first, gents. And really, it, I was I was surprised. I mean, it's, as I said in the intro, it's been coming for ages. We kind of just think every week we talk about it on the show, and it's just there's nothing more really to say over the last few weeks. You know, the record got to a point where it became indefensible, and it became we had to speculate every week as to why it kept going on. But when it finally did come today, it was almost it was almost out of the blue, Terence. It was out of the blue. Um, <laughs> I had my phone in my hand when uh, the statement was announced, and I get Twitter notifications from the CPFC account, and it came through, and I was like, oh, "Statement from the club. What's this going to be?" And in my mind, it just—I think sacking Pardew was like fifth down on the list. I was expecting something along the lines of um, something about all the paedophile talk. I was expecting it was going to be something to do with that. Maybe a new groundsman, something like that. <laughs> and then I opened it. I was like, oh, oh, oh. It just, it didn't see. It seems like, you know, the right time would have been just before Southampton or the right time would have been after Arsenal and Swansea or after one of these games coming up. It just doesn't seem like it's fitted in at the right time. But, you know, we have got a lot of important and winnable games coming up, so you can probably see why they've jumped. But if they've done it now, you'd, I just don't know why they didn't do it before Southampton. Yeah, it does feel like something something has changed. You, usually a manager tends to lose their job in the aftermath of a defeat, don't they? Even, you know, the sort of the defeat becomes the straw that broke the camel's back, that kind of thing. So, yeah. But it's some really interesting speculation, um, something that crossed my mind as well, is maybe Pardew knew his fate. Before the uh, before the games against potentially Southampton, uh, but certainly Man United and Chelsea, and whether he was just effectively caretaker for those games while while the club continued negotiations elsewhere, I, I don't know. But, um, but if you look at um, the CPFC 2010's record with managers as well, it's always been in the immediate aftermath of a match. This is the yeah. first time it's ever been in this situation. So um, thinking back, Burley was immediately sacked after the 3-0 loss against Millwall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Friedman obviously left. Um, Holloway went straight after the Fulham game. So whenever they've had to sack a manager, it's actually been a, the result. So it's very strange. Nick, your reaction? Yeah, it's, it was inevitable, wasn't it? And I think the reason they did leave it after the two games was because, as we've said on a couple of the other shows, or I said on a couple of the other shows, I actually think uh, negotiations were going on in the background anyway. And Chris, you alluded to it a minute ago that you think there was um, it, it, he was left in the caretaker position. Um, I don't think it's any secret already that they've already spoken to Allardyce and the fact that they've already confirmed that they're going to speak to him again in the next 24 hours. Uh, sadly, I think it's actually a done deal. Uh, so whoever we speculate about it this evening, my my money will be on Allardyce. Although I'm I'm not the greatest of fan, but I think it was actually I think it was inevitable. It was he was dead man walking uh, after the Swansea five four as far as I was concerned. Yeah, I think that was probably the moment um, that that we all kind of expected something to happen. But I don't know. I, you know, I we'll, we'll get into talking about the candidates to take over in just a moment. Um, you know, but but going back to. Going back to the, the reaction, you know, I, I I do feel I do feel quite sad today about it. Uh, I, I saw a lot of joy on Twitter, but I think it was Nav actually tweeting who was putting he was going through these different stages. It's almost like the stages of grief, <laughs> but he got through to he said he had he reached stage four earlier on, which was past joy. Uh, I think past I don't know what else it was, but I just remember stage four being you know sad. And I do, I do feel a bit sorry for him now because, especially after it was uh, obviously the, the picture that's gone viral, 
is of the massive head of Whole Radio's Ben Nagel, <laughs> <laughs> who was uh, <laughs> who, who managed to bump into Pardew at uh, Victoria Station earlier on today. Um, <laughs> so, I'm so sorry, Ben, but you're, you're the, it's not a good angle for you. But um, but that that on its own that made me feel quite sad because you've got a guy that's on the way to losing his job, and I think all the reasons are there and. We understand it, but it just kind of humanised it for me. I don't know if you felt similar, Terence. Yeah, it is definitely tinged with sadness. So just um, looking on Twitter here, Alex White is saying there isn't a single Palace fan who didn't want it to work for Pards. It's a shame. And it is. It is a real shame that it hasn't worked for him. We all, we love our own, as as we always say, and we probably part, um, class Pardew as that, and Pardew certainly classed, him, classed himself as that. Um the other day when I was uh, writing about when Johan Gabay tore us apart 3-0 for Newcastle yeah. and um, as as part of it I watched Pardew's post-match press conference in that game and he spent a good time talking about Palace and how he loves the club and he was really proud that he could come here and get a result like that so you know it's he wanted it to work I think all the intentions were there for him for it to work but for whatever reason it just hasn't worked out you felt any tinge of sadness, Nick? Because I know you were very almost elated when the uh, when the news broke. I reckon Nick's on mute again. Yeah, just a second. He, he's just yeah, really yeah. old. No, I, so am, I was on mute, and I was in the middle yeah. of answering your question, and then you interrupted me while I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> um, he hasn't um, he hasn't pushed any buttons in a while, so he doesn't know how to. Um... <laughs> Okay, I'll, I will answer the question now. I was at, I'll tell you what I was actually doing. Um, I'm actually also in the chat room as well, uh, whole radio right. forward slash chat. So come and join us in the chat room and answer your question, Chris. Th- there is a bit of it, and Terence is right. I don't think it was a single Palace fan out there that didn't want Pardew to succeed. He was the right fit for the club. He was the right appointment. But sadly, it just hasn't worked out. And I don't, I mean, that idiot on um, Talk Sport, Durham, calls him the streaky manager because he, he goes through uh, runs of great results and runs of crap results. And and I'd hate to say that Durham's actually right, but his analogy of him is correct. Well, I'd say he's wrong now because the streak of, of results we've been on for a year, I wouldn't call that a streak. That's a fairly consistent set of results, unfortunately. And ultimately, that's what's cost Pardew his job. Uh, I do want to quickly just go back to the, uh, the statement from Pardew today. Um, I'll just I'll just read it uh, verbatim, and it, it's he it said I would like to take this opportunity to thank everybody at Crystal Palace for their fantastic support. In particular, a big thanks to the players who gave me absolutely everything, and Steve Parrish and his board. Personally, I have a lot of good feelings for this football club, and I'm sad my time here has ended. I feel I have a special bond with the, bond with the club, and I hope that hasn't been affected. I wish everybody associated with the club and the best of luck in the future, including of course the fans who have been, been magnificent. And he'll be making no further comment at this present time, but. What I wanted to highlight there is a couple of things. Obviously, he's talked about the support from Steve Parrish and the board and the special bond that he had with the club. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that, that, that people won't resent him. You know, now it's now it's over. I'm sure he'll be able to visit the club and, and get the affection that he kind of hopes he'll get. But it's interesting he talked about the, the players giving him absolutely everything. Is that something you agree with, Terence? Did they give him everything? Um, it's It's a tough one because... If you look at, we haven't been blown away at any point, and you only have to look at our goal difference to realise that it's still very, very healthy—not very healthy, but healthy considering the run of results that we've been on. So there's probably a good argument to say that the players haven't given up on him. In the main, I would 
suggest, and I have suggested on the show before, that I think Scott Dan has. Um, I don't know why, though, considering Pardew so gracefully gave him the captain's armband over Mila Yedanak at the beginning of the season. But um, so they're still, I think they were still playing for him, and they probably have given him everything, which he doesn't realise. Just points back to him again, I guess, because they've given he's they've given him everything based on what he's told them to do, and. We we all know now it's just not good enough, except yeah. for one. Except for one, and I think uh, you, you're right. They are still playing for him, except for one player, uh, and and that's got to be Andros Townsend. Uh, he's of he clearly did have a spat with Pardew, and his performances of not just lately, but for some time now have been way below par. And just go, just harping back to the streaky comment, uh, just a quick answer in the in the chat room. Booted Eagle says streaky. Well, he's had his bacon now, hasn't he? <laughs> Very good. Excellent pun. Uh, I do want to uh, pick up on a comment that uh, Steve Parrish made earlier on today. Um, he, 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 oh, dear. <laughs> I, was, uh, I went to the Evening Standard website to sort of read out the comment, and it's turned out, it's turned out to be a video, which doesn't really work. But <laughs> I get really quite confused for a second there. No, yeah, he's talking... Uh, he talked about not wanting to blame other people with reference to the American owners and talked about how costly relegation is. But it was just interesting. He talked about that we got ourselves into a rut and need a change. We hope a change will change things, which is, you know, um, which is obviously the point about <laughs> replacing the manager at this stage. But if you uh, further sort of down the page, he's talking about we all bought into the decision to play a more expansive style of football. We all believed in it. That hasn't worked. It's no one's fault. The players have been running their socks off for Alan. The spirit is good. But we're now going to wind the dial back the other way. We're talking to a number of people. Make sure we get this right. Nothing has been agreed. So some clues there as to uh, obviously the reasons for the dismissal, which were everyone bought into this expansive style, but it didn't work. Um, but the, the winding back, Terence, wind the dial back the other way. Strongly pointing to uh, to an Allardyce type, right? It certainly is. Um, I don't I don't know how I feel about winding it back. Um, I do certainly enjoy counter attacking football. I love to watch it. I love to watch our wingers with a lot of pitch in front of them to run into and cause fullbacks trouble. And I, but I think at points this season we've been able to get them into those positions regardless of. Um, whether we're playing counter-attacking football or not. Um, so I'm not... It's kind of relative. If we're signing £32 million strikers, yeah. then I don't think we should be winding the dial back. Perhaps maybe for the rest of this season, just to secure our place in the Premier League. But long-term, I don't think we should be winding the dial back. We should be looking to press on and move up to that sort of next echelon in the league. Now, we it's it's a risky business. We all know this. Just, you only have to look at the last time Pardew tried to do it with um, Charlton. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, and, uh, yeah. No, I know, have that, to say... That, well, no, go on. I just say, I, it worries me. I have to say this. It worries me to say why the dial back because if you, if you look at... If you accept that there's been a transition to this style, we've gone out, we've signed players, we've made other players adjust... You've got going back the other way. There's another period of adjustment, you know, and so you've got you're going to lose another uh, period of the season. So I want to go, like you say, you've you spent 32 million pound on a striker. We've got, you know, a more technical midfield, if you like. Have we now got the players to play that style as well? Or are we going to be stuck in this in between? Well, look, we're still we 
the transition is still arguable anyway because we have still just been lumping the ball to Benteke and the stats show that. The stats yeah. show that we yeah. have hit more long balls than any other team. So, you know, <laughs> we, if we're playing that sort of style of football and that is our transition, transition then obviously Allardyce is the perfect man because someone sort of posted a picture of him licking his lips earlier and saying, <laughs> thinking about all the long balls into Benteke. And, you know, if you get Zaha and Townsend close enough to him to get flick-ons and so on and someone at the point of the midfield, yeah, we can, we'll, we'll cause teams problems with that style of play. But there's only a certain distance that style of play is going to get you. And it depends if we want to be seen that we're going to try and go further than that. Now, do we do we risk it or not? Do you, is everybody happy to just sit mid-table in the Premier League for the next four or five seasons? Wait till the stadium expansion, <laughs> if it ever happens, comes in and you know our financial fair play extends out a little bit and we've got a little bit more money to spend so then we can speculate a little bit more on, in the playing staff. But as it stands, as what I understand, we're basically at our salary cap anyway. So... If the money we've poured in hasn't led to that expansion and we're still players short, then maybe the idea it is a good idea to rein it back in a bit and play a little bit more <clears throat> what we know. But I'd, I don't know. I'm, I'm an ambitious person. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick, I'll bring you in and then we'll get these phone lines open. Yeah, no problem. Uh, the the winding back thing, I think you might be looking at it the wrong way, if I'm honest with you. I think the, the winding back alludes to the fact that what we were strong at for the last couple of seasons is our defensive line. Um, we weren't conceding as many goals. So I think the, the winding back will be whoever comes in now has got an ideal opportunity to shore up the defence and sort things out better than defence. I don't think there's anything wrong with our current style of play, if I'm honest with you. I still love the, love the idea of Townsend and if he was playing well and Zaha on the wing into Benteke, that's the style. That's that's the Crystal Palace I've I've grown up and loved over the years. But what we were good at for the last couple of years was a strong, measly defence. Okay, which is what we haven't got now. So we've got to whoever comes in is that's got to be his first port of call, obviously, yep. and just, and work on work on the benefit of uh, Papa coming back in late January and February. Oh, yeah. so well, he's not. He's not. No, he's never coming back. <laughs> the talk behind the scenes is clear that he's never coming back. There's just too much negativity behind those comments. But that's not what we're here to talk about. To come in and shore up that defence isn't a simple thing as just saying coming in and getting the back four in for extra training and stuff like that. No. The problem is our midfield cannot defend set pieces and neither can our neither can our centre forward. So those are the problems. We've taken out out stripped out our central midfield. If you look going back, KG was really good at defending corners. Mila Yednak really good at defending corners. Glenn Murray really good at defending corners. Johan Gabay, Joe Ledley and James MacArthur and Jason Punchen of those four, they can't defend corners. So until we get a big physical midfielder in who can actually win the ball in the air, <coughs> Morgan Scheidlin, if he goes to West Brom for 18 million, I'll be throwing shit all over my house. Like, <laughs> that is a, a, a must if he's available. But we need a big physical central midfielder who can actually defend set pieces as well. Uh, a la Jedinek, of course. And, 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 and in fact, <laughs> well, no, we need one who can pass, which is why Schneiderlin. Oh, you never asked for that. Schneiderlin you never it, asked for that. You asked for, no. you asked for a, a big, hefty central midfielder that can defend set pieces. But in fairness, and again, pass. Uh, no, you asked, asked for that second. But in fairness, they were, uh, they were sorting that out at the last game, the Man United game and Chelsea game. They weren't too bad at the set pieces. Okay. So they've obviously worked on it and improved. But your point about Kabai and set pieces and defend, helping us defend corners and free kicks is spot on. Absolutely. Right. Spot well, on. Uh, you know, again, if, if that, you, that might be how you interpret 
dialing it back or whatever. And, it, and you know, personally, if if dialing it back means instead of when question we have a manager who says, "Well, I'm not really interested in clean sheets," we have a manager who says, "You know, success is built from the back," which is pretty much what you get with a lot of managers. Most of the, the you know the top managers will build on the successful defence um, and earn the right to play a bit of football. So if that's what we're talking about, great. Um, but I just I just worry. I just worry that as you've kind of highlighted Terence that we no longer have the personnel to dial it back what we really need is somebody who's you know who knows the squad or at least can analyse the squad pretty well well apparently Allardyce has done that <laughs> yeah I, I, I was sort of saying that tongue in cheek because I read that as well that back in November apparently sent an analysis of the squad I think it was Ed Malian on Twitter was uh, tweeting that mm. which uh, if he's done that fine you know say hey, we'll, we'll We'll talk in a moment about our views on uh, on potential replacements. We'll open the phone lines now. If you do want to put your view across, you don't have to, because we've got plenty here, uh, plenty to talk about. But if you want to get involved tonight, you can ring us on 0208 123 6699. That's 0208 123 6699. Calls at a local rate, unless you're in, I don't know, Mongolia or something. Uh, in which case, work it out for yourself. Um, but phone lines are open now, and we'll take calls pretty much straight away uh, as long as I actually spot that they're being uh, forwarded in. So that is 0208 123 But let's get it on with the uh, with the, the, the chat around the second. Well, I'll call it a second today. What did you think of the wording about being asked to step down? It feels feels a little bit twee, doesn't it? Nick, a bit odd. It was if you if you remember the. Uh exchange of words between me and Lucy this afternoon and the whole radio's Lucy White uh, there was a, a change of views on step aside and sacking I said what's the difference he got he got binned off and I li- literally raised my eyes from my laptop looked at the screen and Sky News Pardew sacked by Palace he was sacked and there was no I mean I think it's just the I think it's just the club's wording a bit like the Holloway uh they're leaving him best in best in, with best intent. He was binned. He was sacked. He's gone. He's history. Move on. Well, there you go. <laughs> Similar <laughs> views, Terence. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's, really pl- it's, it's being polite. It's just yeah. being. It's being polite, isn't it? Like they say, Pardew's quote after there. He's talking about wanting to be able to come back to the club and hopes that he can still be in a position to do that um, because the club means a lot to him. And it's just. It's doing it nicely. It's how they like to do it. They did it nicely with Holloway as well, if yep. you remember. They 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 sat him down and had a nice chat with him. So, anyway, we've got a caller, I believe. We have. We have got a caller. Hello, who's that? Hi, it's Tim from Leicester. Hello, Tim. How you doing, mate? Tim Green, isn't uh, it? It is indeed. Yeah, you see? Switched on, mate. I remember. How are we all doing? All right? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How have you taken the news of uh, Pardew leaving? Surprisingly, I'm quite sad because I think it's kind of, a, I echo what you all said earlier, it's a bit of a shame really that it didn't work out. Um, but the moment that second goal went in against us at Burnley was kind of the moment I went from Pardew into, no, this is, we've given him the benefit of the doubt, we've given him a transfer window and spent a bucket load of money and still it ain't working. Yeah. But, and I know you're going to go on to talk about Allardyce in a bit. <laughs> When 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 we've got the real kind of Pardew out kind of stuff started, and you looked at who was available, I kind of thought, no, just Pardew in because I don't want Allardyce. That's I yeah, think that's from, yeah. From, 
from a footballing sense, it makes it's the perfect answer to a short-term problem. But I don't really want him anything to do with the club. Yeah, I'm yeah, in the, the same place. And that I, I said, to, I said, openly to tweet it Nav earlier and said that it's like having set Blatter in charge of the Red Cross. The problem is here, you've got um, Dom Fifield um, on The Guardian has said it's understood the agreement has been reached in principle and a contract set to run until 2019. Yeah. So there's no, there's definitely no short-termism here. It's uh, the ball's yours. Not- and uh, ask West Ham fans what they think about the ball being Sam Allardyce's. I think it's the perfect in terms of purely football. Forget the the rest of it. From a purely footballing sense, it makes it would make sense. He'd keep us up. I dare say his analytics and the, the science he likes to employ behind it could benefit stuff behind the scenes. But you've got to look at our ambition. What 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 is the brief for the new manager? Is it keep us up, end off, no more bullet points, or is it to grow and develop the club? But even then, some of the names being mentioned, it's like Mancini. I, I don't get that one. What does he know about the bottom end of the Premier League? I don't get that one at all. I think people are just getting infatuated with the idea of Lombardo coming back in some capacity. I don't get yeah. it. Well, do you think Sam Allardyce can um, get Johnny Williams fit with all his science? <laughs> Unfortunately, with his, with his uh, you know, again injured, I, I don't think he's ever going to escape those, those no. injuries, is he? It's a shame, do you, really, because... Do, do we think that um, the new manager is... He's, Mo is surely going to have to be to keep the club in the Premier League, um, and surely th- there should be something in there as well about getting back to some sort of youth recognition from from yeah. our squad. Yep, you'd hope really so. Sorry, no, go on, Tim. You go, mate. I was going to say, do you really think that's realistic though in the modern Premier League? Because unless yeah. you've got the academies of like City or say Liverpool. I mean, look at Klopp. Klopp loves it, and he's kind of an exception, though, to what the rest of the Premier League does. I don't, I don't know if it's particularly. I don't think you could stipulate it to the point of a manager. You know, this is one of your KPIs. You need to bring through X amount of youth because there's too. You think one, there's too many wow. variables there. And two, it's just not what. There's too much pressure, and with the money involved, people don't take the risks, do they? We all know that. We all. I mean, we'd love to romanticise about another wolf coming through, but the reality is. No one's going to take the chance of it when they can pick up, come and go and find a pilot for 12, 15 million somewhere. I love that you've broken out the KPIs, Tim. That's, that's cheered me up <laughs> no end. Spend my life dealing with those. It's a long-term project, though, isn't it, the youth? It's, uh, you know, for, for us, we've kind of let that drift. There's, obviously, there's work behind the scenes in trying to get them a, a proper training ground and all this kind of stuff, but we're way behind on that, and I think people have got to understand that it was different in the championship. We had... We still didn't have the best of academies in terms of facilities, but we had a we had when you compared it to the teams around us, we had this kind of little vein, rich vein of talent uh, that you do get in South London. So we kind of took advantage of that. But but in terms of building a proper academy and producing Premier League players, you know, it, it's a it's a long term project for someone. And I will I will talk a bit about my feelings on, on Allardyce in a bit but I know Terence is probably screaming to get back in on this uh, this youth question 
Well, no, it's just for me. Are you telling me Tottenham, who are challenging for the top four and are managing to put Harry Winks into their team and, you know, they're talking about Harry Kane's coming through their youth system as well. These are, these are squads, teams that are taking risks on these players. But it's just for me another blot on Alan Pardew's card, really, because he was the one who came in and immediately turfed them out of the training ground. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah you're, you're right. You know, we've got, we've got an academy sort of trying to compete but they're training at a goals you know mm-hmm. and, and we'll I, I mean, for a couple of years cool. I, I think we all wanted Kai Kai involved at some point this season didn't we yeah I it would have been that's, that's, been the, main, nice. that's the main one because I mean going back to what you know about the signings I mean Axon Yedinak's the big one isn't it because he's he'd be the, he, the, he's the remedy to sorting out that our organisation um, but also when the transfer window closed and we'd all finished in and out of Benzeke. Um, I think most of us look back and went, um, but there's still a few gaps there, and if a few people get injured, we're going to be stuffed. And that's kind of what's happened. We all needed an extra fullback. We needed another winger because even just Buff and Townsend wasn't enough. We needed a third option to push. So those gaps were still there. So despite the amazing signings we made in Benzeke and Bandander, etc., there were still holes in that squad, which I think ultimately is what led to the situation we're in. Yeah, you're probably we right. We and I, Tim, I agree with what you just said. That's the, isn't that the whole point of having a, a youth set up, an academy? Well, what's the point in spending all those millions on an academy and a youth set up? So when you do get the soiree injury or something like that and you need a backup, well, that's the whole point of it, isn't it? Otherwise, what is the point in having a, an academy set up in the first place? Yeah, well, let's ask, ask where Mandela Egbo went. Yeah, Ask him that journey, question. But listen, yeah. we, we're going to have to end that there, Tim. We really appreciate your call. There's a couple of more bits that we'll, we'll talk about off the back of what you you, you just said. I want to take no, people to no, task. Off, but really, you, cheers, Tim. Nice Thanks, one. Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Bye. So thank you to Tim. There's plenty of other people trying to get in touch. I don't think we've got someone straight away. Who's that? Hi, yeah, this is uh, Jared. Hello, Jared. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all, mate. Right, the air is yours. Right, nice one. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say a few things about uh, the history of the football club uh, in terms of managers and players we've got. Uh, I think the recent history that the managers who are focused on on uh, our defensive uh, capabilities have been the more successful. If you look at Warnock, he was a defensive manager. He was brought in after Taylor just wasn't working out for us. You then had um, Freeman, who, yeah, his results weren't the best, but look at the players he brought in in terms of how it how it lifted our standards. We then had Holloway, who, yeah, he got us up, but it, uh, it didn't work in the Premier League. And you had Pulis, who is probably the best manager I remember in our recent history. He then went Warnock, who wasn't great, but he sort of steadied the ship and he was only a stopgap. And then you had Pardew, who's tried to lift the whole thing, and, and, and again, it hasn't worked. So um, It did kind of I work initially, though, didn't it? We did get a lift from Pardew when he came in, which I, th- I think is something that he kept mentioning as well. We, we we did get a lift, yeah, but it, it, didn't, it hasn't worked. If you look at our back four, which is usually the source of attacks when you're trying to play possession-based football, all of our current back four, excluding Suarez because he's, he's injured for the foreseeable future, they were all brought in by defensive managers. Uh, Kelly, he was a Pulis signing. Delaney, Freeman, Dan Pulis. Uh, and then you've got Ward, who, uh, who was Freeman. So all of these players were brought in by managers whose sole focus was to defend. And we've had a manager who's come in and he's trying to play possession expansive football with with defenders who are just there to defend their simple defenders. 
You've then got Ledley, Pulis signing, MacArthur, Warnock signing, Kabai was a Pardew signing, but I think he's been really disappointing. And um, he's, he's rightly in and out of the team. So you, you look at the core of the team, it's a defensive team that we're trying to play expansive football with, and it just hasn't worked. That's why I think Big Sam, it's, it's, it's got to be a manager of his uh, of, of his. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point you made there, Jared. It really is. You know, it's not, it's not, I haven't really considered who'd sign those players, but you're completely right. They have been signed by defensive managers and they are being asked to do stuff that's potentially out of their comfort zone. But, but, you know, with the baggage, it does sound very much like Sam Allardyce, you know, will be announced our manager in the next sort of couple of days. Um, Is your reaction to that entirely positive? Yes, definitely. Listen, he made the mistake with the England thing, and that's going to be something that's probably going to haunt him for the first few months. And that's why he needs to get off to a good start. Otherwise, then it's going to be talk of, oh, has he lost it? Has his head gone? Has, he, has, his, has his magic touch of being able to really uh, get teams playing well with committed performances? I think being questioned if we don't start well. Having said that, I think it will all be forgotten about it within three months if he lifts, if he lifts it up to 14th, 13th. And then you, you say as a manager of, of, who would only get you so far mid-table, you nearly got bolted into the Champions League with Kevin Davis up front. So I think with Ben Teke, the half Townsend, goodbye if we can get a new lease of life and get him back into his new car form. I think it's the team that, that can go places. So um, I, I think is is definitely a, a potential, um, it is a potential good thing. I really think that. Well, that's some really good, strong views from you there, Jared. Any comments, lads, on the Nick you were making some noises? Yeah, only I, I like his, his thought process. So do you think the Allardyce appointment, which, let's face it, we are, I think we all think is pretty inevitable. Jared, do you think it's a, a medium-term appointment or a long-term appointment? Well, I think the Pulis one would have been long-term if he hadn't have done what he did, and I was really surprised he did that. And Sam Allardyce, I think the, the comment from Steve Parrish about dialing it back a bit, you, you look at the history and the identity of the football club. I think West Ham fans, I could see why they were annoyed. He'd done the job for them because he got them into the new stadium in the Premier League. He'd done the job for them. I think for us, we've been built on having strong defenders who uh, can defend and then uh, try to have exciting players who can quickly get onto the front foot. I think Sam Allardyce is a manager who, who knows how to play that style of football. So... Um, so that, that's, that's why I think he's, he's a, he'd be a fantastic uh, manager for us. So I think he could be long-term, definitely. And also, I don't think big clubs are really going to be sniffing around him after the whole corruption thing, because a lot of them are, are really uh, global brands. And I don't think they're going to want to upset potential investors by, by dealing with someone like him. However, for someone like us, I, I can see why people are concerned. However, it, it's, it's one of the things. Sometimes... It, You've got to give people second chances. And I don't think what he did was terrible. It was an absolute disgrace. Listen, he, he, he was silly in what he did. But I don't, think, I don't think he should have his career defined or ended by what he did. But that's my personal opinion. All right, mate. Well, listen, we'll, uh, we'll let you go. But that's something that myself and Terence, I know, are pretty keen to discuss as well in the very, very near future. Jared, thank you so much for your call, mate. Some great points okay, there. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Just thank you. Well done, Jared. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Cheers, thank, you. Mate. thank you. Bye. Right, uh, there's a couple of things I do want to pick up on that we've kind of touched on throughout the course of that, that conversation and, uh, and what you were saying before, Terence. The first thing is that um, I've said on this show I've had my own reservations with, with Allardyce, um, but it didn't go unnoticed that when I listened back to last week's show and I started talking about the kind of replacement that we need, 
that I essentially listed all the attributes that you could suggest that Sam Allardyce has before realizing what I'd done. Slightly backtracking. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, You're doing talk- a palace. <laughs> You're dialing it back. <laughs> I'm dialing it back, yeah. But um, you mentioned, of course, that, that dossier. Uh, Dom Fifield, if you, uh, after you've listened to the show, of course, do seek this article out on The Guardian. There's some great content in there. Um, but uh, there was a dis- sort of... Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. It was professional of me, wasn't it? Um, Allardyce, in his dossier that he sent, questioned the team's fitness, uh, but also indicated what he feels will need to be done in the January tra- transfer window. Um, and they'll be bringing in his own backroom staff, including Sammy Lee as assistant and a new fitness and new fitness coaches and analysts. Um, and that's swayed, apparently swayed the American owners. Uh, the fact that he's gone out and he's done that. Um, so we are talking about a man who, who desperately wants to get back in football. Terence, should he be back in football? No, he is basically if, if to be disgraced at such a high level. Um, I know Javid Dare just said that it shouldn't define his career. Why shouldn't it define his career? He spent 25 years working to get to that role, to get to what he perceived to be the upper, you know, this is my this is my dream. I always wanted to be England manager. And then he's doing stupid things like that. And yes, the, it's grey areas that there's no rules. Is him getting 400 grand to go and do a talk somewhere? Is that technically wrong or anything like this? He is telling people how to flirt around with rules and go through loopholes on rules that are put there to for reasons and he is in there basically trying to extort extra money from football and if any of us try to extort extra money from our jobs in any fashion any shape or form anyone who's ever had to fill out any expenses at work and the sort of things that you have to do to you know get these expenses paid off and so on you have to like you have to do it to the T and if you don't you face disciplinary action and you lose your job and you would struggle to get a job anywhere else because you could end up especially around fraud and aspects like that coming up with a criminal record so there are plenty of people like this in football there's been um, plenty of speculation around Neil Warnock with the Jason Punch and comments and you know that's been flirting around the newspapers there's been you, you only have to look as far as Tony Pulis and people just quite happily accept these people back. Well, if he can keep my football team in the Premier League, I don't care if he's a dirty, rotten scoundrel. And I think that is absolutely wrong. And it is why football is going to eat. It's just, it's losing complete connect. It's because it's becoming an entity on its own. And it cannot be an entity on its own. And you just have to look at what's happened to FIFA, where people are doing this in the background. And basically FIFA has collapsed. Is there anyone there even to turn the lights off anymore? I'm surprised that people can appeal bans when they get booked and red carded and so on in, in international games. Because I don't know who's there's doing it because they're all in prison. Can I come in So the same, the same thing will end up happening in English football. And... You look at the FA now, the FA uh, under fire from the Premier League and this committee that the government set up. And all it's going to do is more accepting just of these more of these new found people who just are quite happy to let these things slide because they're quite happy with people getting richer as long as they're expanding the brand of the Premier League. Nick, you right wanted to go over. in there. I got, lo- I got loads to say uh, in that as I well. I mean, Terence, I mean, this is a subject you and I have discussed on the preview pods before, but um, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. There is. And there- 
it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There's a nasty smell around him, okay? I get that, okay? I know, I know. But the, the question I've got for you, and I've got something I want to underline it within a minute, is is, is nobody entitled to a second chance? Uh, backed up by Dog 3 in the chat room, <coughs> says, guys, you might, might want to wind back on the comments about Big Fat Sam because no fraud was ever proven. <laughs> proven. So now if you talk about second chances... Have a look into Tony Pulis's history and see how many chances Tony Pulis has had in his career with little things like this, things that just get swept under the carpet. And there is absolutely 100%. There is no way you're telling me this is the first time Sam Allardyce has turned up at one of these tables with a pint glass of wine and had these conversations. There is absolutely yeah, no obviously, way. Obviously he I'd... was targeted as someone by the press that they could get to because they know. And everybody knows in the press. And I, uh, I do so have to say, th- Terrence... there's second chances. <clears throat> Go on. Sorry. So I do have to say that at this point in time, uh, I don't believe there's any proof of any additional uh, incidents yeah. of that nature. Uh, and that Terence Ford's views are his and his alone. So he is the one you must <laughs> prosecute immediately. I'm broke, uh, so yeah, yeah, don't bother. Can't get any <laughs> but no, no, it's a it's, it's a fair point, Terence, because you're talking about a reputation. But I think bigger than that, Nick, you talk about a second who really deserves second chances. Look at for me, and, and I, I'm more on Terence's side than anything here because look at what he did. He was talking about something that he knows full well is against the rules. You know what I mean? He, at, while he's England manager, he's saying. Oh, you know, he knows third-party ownership is against the rules, and yet he's trying to advise someone for money about how to get around it. Now, no he question, been, Chris. You know what I mean? What? He could have been led down that road by, by you know, one of his representatives or whatever, but ultimately, it's greed. He's the England manager. He's on a great contract. He doesn't need to make money off of that, so why is he doing it? And Terence is right. You're talking about moral corruption, you, but I can, I can understand it. When you look at us, you look at Palace, and you look at the decisions we've got to make. You know, the, the money for staying in the league is just huge. So for the sake of being, you know, should we say, letting, letting something slide that we perhaps shouldn't sl- let slide and staying in the Premier League, you can see why the decision's made. But it, for me, it leaves a horrible, sour taste in the mouth. I'm really not happy about the whole concept of Allardyce managing Palace. And that goes beyond the, uh, the, the stuff in the papers. I'll let you reply on that and then we'll talk a bit more about it. Okay, listen, like I said, right at the top of that, there is a stench around that bloke, and I don't want that stench associated with my football club. I love my club, and I don't want any anybody like that in my football club. I get that. But at the end of the day, if you, if you get arrested for something, okay, are you going to have to have that around your neck for the rest of your life? Okay, the guy was a, 
I nearly did it. I nearly dropped the F-bomb. The guy was an absolute pillock for what he did. But we've got to move on. I mean, if he's going to become our, our manager, and I would say the odds of that happening now are probably more in the region of 80%. As a, as a, as a club, we're going to have to move on. But as a spectatorship, we're really going to have to move on. Because I, I'll tell you, my views, Terence's views and your views – they're going to be echoed 25,000 times around the stadium. But do we really want him? What? And I, I, I'm, I'm undecided, if I'm honest. Yeah, well, I've got, I say, I've got more reasons than just, uh, than just the abhorrent behaviour he showed. But for me, we talk, about, we talk about people taking a dislike to Alan Pardew because of ego and arrogance and all that kind of stuff. Then you invite this into your club. Now, look, I, 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 like I say, I get it. I do get it. I do, I, you know, when I when I started talking about the kind of manager we need to take over from Pardew, he ticks all the boxes in a managerial sense, in a statistic sense. You know, it's it's a really logical, sensible appointment for those in charge. But morally, it's like, you know, I'd say it's like Marlon King's going to be our new striker in January. I'd feel oh I feel the goodness. same. You know what I mean, I feel the same <coughs> same disgust at that that I would at the the appointment of, of Allardyce. And it's been very hard for me to get behind it. Do you know what? So let let uh, just briefly to about second chances. Just a simple Google search on Sam Allardyce has told me that he's had more than one or two chances. It's there's a long list of it going all the way back to his Bolton Wanderers days. So this isn't a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance. It's an unlimited chance that all of these people are given, just like Tony Pulis. Like I say, read about Tony Pulis's time at. Gillingham, I can't go into it now, but involved basically trying to extort and threaten the manager, <laughs> the, the owner of Gillingham at the time. It's absolutely ridiculous. But second chance, for example, I was always very much the same about Troy Deeney and because of the events that ended up with him going into jail. Yeah. And then I and then I did some research and I read an interview with him and read some stuff and the circumstances and a lot of what he was going through at the time and believe that he showed genuine remorse so i've done a complete 360 that's the sort of person who deserves a second chance he's done a lot of work as a result in communities and stuff like that and he is very very repentant on what he did where you know marlon king on the other hand was absolutely not and repeated his problems over and over again so there's a difference between a second chance of someone making a mistake once and realizing that mistake and then doing good things versus these people were just get a slap on the wrist and let's frankly laugh, laugh at the authorities of these people who are supposed to be keeping them in line. They just laugh at them. And we've already had a man like that in our club recently. And if we just want to go and replace him with another one, then more fall to the more fall to them and good luck to parish when he was once again in front of a tribunal in X amount of years, because he needs to get some money back. Yeah, well, they go. I'm not sure what Terence thinks about the potential appointment of Sam. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's sitting on the fence myself. Yeah, I'll get to a bit of your uh, your contact. Um, I'm going to sort of almost in reverse order. I have got to say that uh, I think that's Dave again, who's been on a holiday in Mexico with uh, his Mrs. Lysette for a while. And Lysette said to us that while I was in Mexico, a bird pooped on my head. I think this is a good omen. Let's be positive. It can't get any worse, can it? Um, a bird once pooped on my head on my head at a service station, and then we beat Forest. So I agree. I agree. That definitely could happen <coughs> excuse me uh, a message in from harry who says that sad that alan has gone allardyce is the only name on the list that has serious pedigree for a relegation dogfight which uh, again is it's all about the motivation um in terms of appointing him that's exactly what it's about uh gareth win davis has got in touch saying uh 
he's not been able to call, but uh, surely we have to look beyond Allardyce and the usual suspects. We'll be going through a list of the alternatives in just a moment, although I think it's probably just going to be a moot point because it's pretty clear that uh, Allardyce is the the strong uh, emerging candidate. Um, yeah, we've still got the phone line. Uh, fine, uh, can't speak. There you go. Phone lines. That's the words I was looking for there. Oh, dear. Terence, you might have to take over in a minute. My illness has started to get to me. But if you do want to get in touch, it's 0208 123 That's a couple of great callers so far. Uh, probably keep those open for the next few minutes. Um, and then, uh, then we'll get on with wrapping this discussion up. But alternatives. Uh, Allardyce is obviously the... I think it's now... It was one to four on last time I looked. It was one to three on when I was uh, making some notes. Coleman is second favourite. Views on Coleman, Terence? Um, abs- absolutely not interested. Um, this is probably more of a. I just started supporting Palace and going Palace seriously around the time that he left, and he caused a lot of upset when he left around that time, and um, didn't leave himself in a, you know, in a shiny. He didn't leave the club in a good way, shall we say? And then you look at the League Cup semi-final a few seasons ago when he made it very clear who he wanted to um, win that semi-final despite supposedly being you know a Swansea fan to any Swansea fan saying they want Cardiff to win at any point is absolute nonsense so um, I'll be controversial I don't even know if this is controversial let's face it his success is all down to Gareth Bale and end of conversation we don't have Gareth Bale or maybe we do in Wilfred Zaha <laughs> yeah, well exactly you've convinced yourself there good <laughs> argument with yourself uh, you a fan of Coleman Nick or do you have similar reservations for similar reasons that bastard just Nick stubble my thunder as, as soon as he mentioned that about the Swansea um, it was uh, sorry Cardiff it was it was the sort of thing where I thought to myself you're supposed to have Palace background you're supposed to have Palace pedigree and for you to say something like that I've never liked him since then and and he's only living off the success of what is only a mediocre Wales team um, I know they did better than the England team but that, that's what he's doing he's living off that I think he would jump at the chance to come back but what pedigree has he got what, apart from that bit of success uh, with Wales what has he got nothing at all no can I um, go on no, so I just I just want to go. So I'm looking in the chat room here, and there's a lot of people that are quite prepared to just accept the corruption and the financial corruption and so on. And this is all a thing of success over morals. It seems like that everyone in there is very much accept that he's done it. It doesn't matter if it keeps us in the Premier League. A few seasons back, when uh, we were moments away from away from signing Malky Mackay, and Malky Mackay was then all of a sudden revealed in the press with all these things, racist and sexist comments and so on. And everyone was fully unified in saying that he absolutely cannot do it. So someone that is there nice, bad things and good, bad things. I'm, I'm, I'm really confused about where this goes because if Malky McKay absolutely fundamentally cannot get the job because of what are, political views i guess in a way or like his own thoughts that you know he was having with his own mates versus people actually getting money out of other people for things they shouldn't get money for you know yeah which which side you fall on you know in in a general sense is again because you start looking back at at the club and and where we've been and all those kind of things and the kind of you know are, are we the thing that we feared, the thing we feared the most when we got into the Premier League, that kind of the promised land, 
would we sell our soul as a club? You know, would we lose that that thing that made us a special club? And you know, we we look around the, the atmosphere now, and you look around some of the faces are there at Palace now, and you start thinking, God, dear, we are, we are, we're becoming like yes, the people. And when Wilfred Zaha inevitably leaves, that identity will be gone. It's it does feel that way, you know. It does feel, and then th- this is similar, you know. And look I, again, I, I will repeat, I get it. I get that that Sam Allardyce is a manager with a lot of pedigree. If you if if you totally ignore the sort of almost well, let's call it outside of football character of the man that has been has been shown, if you ignore that, it's completely logical that a club in our position would say, look, you know, we've got a chance of getting. Uh, an international quality manager who who let's call it made a mistake and is now available right that's that's me being incredibly generous right and and we're in desperate need we need a, a manager who knows how to defend you need a manager who has to keep us in the premier league and we need a manager who knows how to build a team and ticks all those boxes we need a manager with confidence and and, and a bit of ego ticks those boxes we need a manager with a reputation ticks those boxes and we need a manager with attention to detail to give us a Premier League setup. ticks those boxes but the man is just he is Sam Allardyce you know and that's where I'm stuck there's uh, a comment Chris there's a comment in the chat room so Poulis Pardew Allardyce and J-Dogs actually said we're not exactly for picking picking from a pool of vicars are we and I think you're right yeah, we're not. We're not. And um, Roy, Roy Hodgson has ticks all of those boxes practically. You want Roy <laughs> Hodgson in? He has he has a history of doing well in relegation battles and then moving teams on. He took Fulham to the Europa League for Cup final for crying out loud. Yeah, if you're say if you're saying to me genuinely asking me a question of would I prefer Hodgson over Allardyce? Yes, I would genuinely for both football and moral senses. If if there was no moral issue with Allardyce, I'm I'm not sure which way I'd go. Having said that. I've said this before on the show. I made, Sam Allardyce's Bolton team were the first time I'd been to a football match and felt absolutely sickened at the anti-football I had to watch. That I, I felt like a little bit of me died that day. In the that they, I think they beat us one 0 but they they didn't play football. They just did everything they could to just stop us doing anything, and it was horrific. It was ninety minutes of torture, and honestly, I. I've hated the man ever since that day. And people will point and say, well, we used to say that sort of thing about Pulis and we used to love him when he used to get results. That may be. I can't ever see me warming to, to, to Big Sam Allardyce. So, there we go. Uh, so, we've talked about second favourite Coleman. They're full of records. I understand. Um, again, I understand a bit about why Coleman has the reputation that he has in terms of a potential decent manager, but never done anything at club level of any real note. You know, had a, had a reasonably good Fulham side and underachieved there. Uh, got to be big question marks about him. He's got a, you know, you called it a mediocre way of size, Nick. I, I totally disagree with that. I think they've got some outstanding talent in that squad. They really have. And uh, they're kind of, dare I say, use the words golden generation for Wales. Um but you know he's done a good job in getting them organised and playing for each other. But I think that work was was started by uh, the late Gary Speed, who really sort of pulled them together and made them a you know a, an actual team rather than Absolutely. just a squad of players. Absolutely agree with that. Yeah. But can so, I just go on. Uh, can I? I'll chime in with one more thing, Ari Allardyce, and then I'll finish. Um, basically, what 
what is our goal? Say we finish in the Premier, we, we stay in the Premier League, and we're there for the next five years. Ultimately, you'd want a cup win in there somewhere, right? That's what we all want. That's what we're all holding on for—an FA Cup win. Yeah, some, am I correct? Some sort, some sort of, uh, yeah. Okay. A trophy, trophy beloved. How, how many times in his whole career do you think Sam Allardyce has made it past the fourth round of the FA Cup? There's a, there is a question. Well, that, that could be because he doesn't hold so, so much light on it, Terence, in all fairness. Yeah, I mean, well, exactly right. So, that, again, it's just another complete area where that's not, that is not what we want at our club. Yeah, uh, but you don't know why he's brief. I want to His brief might be, okay, that we're never going to print your, your number one uh, KPI. Your number one KPI <laughs> is to keep us in the Premier League, but your number two is you're going to go and win a trophy. And if you don't want to join us on that premise, you don't know what's in that contract. But I bet you, knowing par- Parish. But, uh, but what I'm talking about is his past record shows he has no pedigree. Yeah, so he, oh, yeah, he has Nick, no pedigree. You're arguing he flew, he flew to an FA Cup semi final yeah, yeah. once. He got to an FA Cup semi final once in that year with Bolton when they were just somehow managed to finish six. Um, then he made the quarterfinal once, and then he's only made it past the fourth round on six occasions, including those two games. So we're going to spend the next three, four years, no FA Cup run whatsoever, and finishing between 14th and 9th in the Premier League. Well, whoopty fucking do. Sorry for my language. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's nowhere near watershed, but let's <laughs> pretend it is. Um, look, I, I get that. You know, I don't. I, I, for the similar reasons, don't find it too inspiring as a, as a concept, right? As I said, I've, I've just given my reason in terms of, of how boring and how you know he knows how to play anti football. And, and I try and think about it. Like I talk, think about Sunderland in the last, you know, when they played under him, they didn't play terrible football, right? And I know he's had this argument when he was, I think, when he was at Blackburn and Newcastle, where he's talked about the fact that. And and while at Bolton, he talked about the fact that he gets so much stick for playing negative football. But if you actually watch his football, they play nice stuff. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> I never saw it. I never saw this nice football he claimed. You know, it was all percentage stuff. It's all uh, you know, trying to trying to pick up and play around. You know, again, I I know we've we as a club have been there. We've we've played long ball stuff and we played percentage play and you know, I dare I say we potentially got into the Premier League on a bit of percentage play, but. It doesn't inspire the future, um, and I really, I really want to embrace the next manager and as 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 a huge positive appointment. I really do, but I don't know. I, don't, I can't even. I just can't imagine it. Who would it? Who would it be for you? Who Who do you feel uh, like uh, you could get behind? You can't ask me that because I told everyone who it was in our chat earlier, and I'm not going to say it on air. Go um, on, say it. No chance, mate. No. Do you know what? what? I once said who I thought the next manager should be on here, and we appointed him, and it turned out to not be the best of decisions. So I don't want to take that risk again. I said, what? <laughs> after Pulis left. And uh, yeah, whoops. Well, if um, he won't answer, Terence, who do you think? Um, well, in an uh, ideal world, I think we can get Eddie Howe this time, but I just really I, I don't think that's even remotely has a single chance of happening. Um, or. Wagner at Huddersfield. These are these are people. They're young, ambitious managers with a forward way of thinking of playing football and so on. And I, I like it. I'd much rather something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, that's the that would be the dream, wouldn't it? A young English progressive manager. But as you say, I mean, why would he leave someone something he's comfortable in? 
that, as you say, is not that's a non-starter. Yeah. Why would he leave something where he's been proven to be successful uh, and he's writing his own future by staying down there? Because you know, also being tipped as a future England manager, it, it won't happen. But I can see your way of thinking for sure. Let's try to pick up on some of the shouts we've had um, for the next manager position um, on Twitter. There's been an absolute ton, but I remember to scroll through a lot of the uh, <laughs> a lot of the ranting as well. <laughs> um, um, do we have a caller? Oh, I don't know. Do we? Do we have a caller? Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Who's that? It's Nicholas. Oh, not you. That's not a caller. No, we don't have we don't have a caller. We have a pun machine. We have a rambling a rambling loony on the line. So you you lot been doing a good job of that tonight. It's it's all a bit um. Isn't it depressing that there's a lack of choice? Yeah. Is there a lack of choice, Nick? Is there? Would you have Dougie back? No, yes. Why would you ask me that? <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I would. Um, but here's here's some other others that have been this year. We talked about Roy Hodgson, who I would I would also have uh, appointed. I'd be quite relatively happy with that. Uh, Gary Rowett. Gary Rowett is a uh, is a risk. I would say, uh, but he's sixteen to one, full favourite. Uh, Roberto Mancini. A lot of lot of people suggesting him, and uh, Mira said he wanted the job three weeks ago. Maybe not the uh, type of manager for a relegation battle, but I'd be happy with that. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's been a rumour for a while. Patrick O'Connor, not a fan. Gel is a fan. <laughs> uh, others of note, Hewton, Friedman, Poyet, Di Matteo. Hewton would be lols. Oh, that would be, be so funny. Good. Go on, Nick. What's, for, oh, we haven't had your, 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 give us your reaction, of course, to Pardew leaving today, and then, then your suggestion. Um, well, it, it took its time coming, didn't it? Um which was a shame because I've, I've, his biggest problem has been individual mistakes during games and there's just been too many of them, which means he's lacked the discipline in the team. And, and you, look, you look at the record this year and however much I like the bloke and however much I thought he'd get there eventually, there's only so much you can take. So it's a shame because I thought he would have come good in the end. But you move on, this is Palace. We do these things at Christmas, don't we? Um, as for new manager... Um, we laugh. Chris Hewton, I think, would be a good shout. Absolutely. He deserves um, a chance in the Premier League. You just hate the fact that it's looking like it's going to be with Brighton. It's, um... Yeah. Um, or if we get somebody like Julio away from Newcastle. But again, that's not going to happen. Call him Julio. You mean Benitez, don't you? Benitez, yes. That's the one. <laughs> I'm old. Are, you, are you all right? Yeah, I'm old. Old. <laughs> yeah I've, I've hit the Christmas booze already. That's the thing. Ah, fair play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that reminds me. We could have Dick Advocat. Oh, wow. It didn't take long, did it, eh? It well, can you can't even please? skip a beat. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, uh, seriously, I wonder if Dougie would be a good shout because he was one that instilled the defence, keep your leaders on the pitch, all the details are on the. Um, yeah, they can download it somewhere, can't they, Chris? Yeah, yeah, they can, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll interview him from last season where yeah. he talked about how he built what was essentially the accessible team. That's, that's the only thing for me, right? This is, I will say about Dougie is that I am curious as to what he'd do given resources. You know, I really am just, I'm curious. What I will say and accept is that he has, with the greatest of respect, he has not done enough in management to be given the chance to manage Palace at the level we're at now. Yeah. You, and like you say, with resources, he hasn't had any at any club he's been at. Exactly. And, and he had I to just... go and hunt at Palace. Bolton had nothing and Forrest had nothing. No, bottom line, he was the one I picked in our chat earlier on. And and it's only, you know, I wouldn't be, if, I was, if it was any other club I supported, there's no way I'd be picking Dougie Friedman's name out of the hat. But because it's Palace, 
And because, you know, yeah, we had a little bit of insight in talking to him and because of what he did before, how he built the team, players we signed, you know, there's something about that situation. I feel there's real unfinished business there. And I I don't know, maybe maybe we'll have to wait until we do slip out of the league or whatever and, and, and plummet a little bit and then maybe Dougie will get another chance. But I'm, just cu- I'm curious. That's a dead romantic view there, Chris, really, isn't it? You can, I can see you go misty-eyed thinking about it. <laughs> well, when Clinton Morrison tweeted earlier, me and Dougie Freeman would be the dream team. Dream team I, yeah. I was sold. I was in already. Yeah. Where do we sign up? <laughs> well, on a similar vein, uh, Alex McEwen got in touch and said Roy Hodgson with Dougie uh, as his assistant. That would be his personal favourite. Oh, um, that's a good shout. That's not a bad shout at all. Mike Timms, just as a reference to you, I won't read it in the exact wording you've put, but he said, from a moral perspective, some seem to be ignoring certain injunctions. Uh, you're an overseas listener, Mike, and therefore we weren't party to what you're referring to, but I may know what you're referring to. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, just, I think I've got away with that one. Um, uh, Terence got away with a lot earlier, didn't he? Uh, I'm not sure. We'll see what happens in the next few days as to whether he's actually got away with that or not. But, but, um, we're, but we're not going to edit it, are we, this time? We're gonna, we've been warned enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, let, 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 me, let me clarify. Look, I, I don't, for any whatever reason Allardyce can get away with what he gets away with and they all can get away with it that's what that's what happens in football it's, it's whatever it, it happens I don't like it personally I don't like it and I don't want it at our club and we've had it at our club with Pulis and anybody on Hull Radio we all know that how angry we were when that scenario happened and it's just great that we've managed to get the money back now so I'm just saying personally if they want to do that and go and get away with it go and get away with it somewhere else don't get away with it at my club and for for the record when Allardyce inevitably does come in I think he'll do a right with us as will most most of the managers mentioned in the bracket because we've got some very good players in there I think we're only a couple of players short of being actually genuinely a decent side, so he's gonna he's gonna inevitably do well, and I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people throwing it back at me saying, "Well, look at Allardyce doing well," and you were saying you didn't want him. I don't want him not for the footballing reasons, although that's partly there. I don't want him for the moral aspects. Go and do it somewhere else. Can I ask a quick question about Pardew before I go? You can. Do you think? Uh, do you think the American owners had a lot of influence in the end? Um, because of the performances and maybe lent on Parish, you know, this isn't good enough. Or do you think that they were waiting for the police check to clear before they could afford to pay Pardew off? Right, I'll come back, I'll come back in there. Because, uh, Nick, I was actually thinking, do you know what? I, th- I think the writing was on the wall for uh, Pardew when he said those comments about the American owners not knowing jack shit about football. Uh, and I think to myself, if you, if you said that about your employers, if you s- publicly slagged off your employers uh, and expected to keep your job on the Monday morning, you, you'd be deluded, okay? And I, and I Stevie, believe- yeah, and Stevie P did a lot of digging to get him out of there, didn't he? Uh, and he did, and I, that was it. It was the Swansea, it was the Burnley game, and it was those comments all, all together. They were, that was his head in the noose, and it's now swinging. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, the, the touching on the whether he wait, they waited for the money, it would all be balance sheets and so on. So they'll need, they'll absolutely would have needed that money to come in to pay it because I doubt um, uh, Parish would have been putting into his own pocket. I'm sure that was something that he would be going back into the going back into the club. So. There you go. Any more questions, Mr. Mr. Gusset? 
No, I, I believe uh, you've got a wise sage coming on right now, so I'd better clear the airwaves. Uh, last chance to say happy Christmas, everybody. And, and um, to you, mate. Up the palace and, and just hold on tight to those, uh, what are they called on a roller coaster? They're not handlebars, what are they? <laughs> Things you grip hold of so you don't die. Anyway, <laughs> hold on to those. It's a palace okay. roller coaster. Merry Christmas, sir. All yeah. the best to you, buddy. All right, cheers, mate. Bye. Take care. Bye. Indeed. So, who, who's our wise and eminent sage coming on? You got any guesses, Mr. Philpot? Uh, it's got to be, I reckon it's probably, is it our Lucy? It might, it might be. We, whoever it is, we haven't quite got them yet. So, have we've you? obviously... Yeah, we have. I think, I mean, it's oh, who's there. that? <laughs> well, when you're talking about eminent, I, think, I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce yourself to the listeners, sir. Joe Holyoke. Gel Holyoke. Welcome, Welcome back. Welcome back to where you belong, mister. How are you, Nick? You all right? Uh, mate, I'm very, very well. I hope you and your family are too. Yeah, yeah. So, talk apologies yeah. to us. I'm just, uh, the best, listen, I'm a Grinch when it comes to Christmas. I couldn't, <laughs> it's, it's the best thing that's happened to our club in, 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 in at least a year. And I, and I, I, I might not have, you know, funds have had it. I did last time. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, he's a six-month manager. He's done it every single place he's gone to. Every single place. He's been good for six months. And then that team, and every team, will have the threat of renovation over him. And, that, and that's what we have got now. And I, and I think, uh, I think uh, Parrish, what they've done, I, I, I came in uh, on the back end of this conversation and uh, what you were saying about, about him slating the American owners. Um, yeah. I, 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 to be honest with you, I don't think it's that. I think they've got thicker skins than that. You don't become billionaires by getting, you know, by crying over people coating you off. Um, I, I think that, uh, I think that there, it's a results-based business and, you know, we would have to sell the team um, to survive. Uh, I mean, obviously, we'd have to, whatever it is, 90 million to go down. But as far as, as Townsend have proved, they don't want to play in the championship. He'd be off straight, you know, immediately. We'd then be trying to recoup... He doesn't want to play in the Premier League at the moment, it seems. Well, I mean, but anyway, that's by the by. Joe, can I ask you a question, mate? I'm intrigued to know your thoughts, okay? You're now manager of Crystal Palace Football Club. Who would you bring in in January? What would you do? Well, I mean, I've said, and again, I said a year ago, I thought Klingsman. I thought Klingsman. And the only reason I say that, and I know that, you know, most Americans that follow football, um, are, are upset with him, but he has very limited resources and very limited quality players to try and pick out of that, you know, out of pure Americans to play for their team. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that he, he, he wouldn't have struggled at the age quality oh. players from the Premier League. I mean, you but, know, you, uh, you, you do realise you're, you're, you're fuming uh, our gorgeous Patrick O'Connor with that, that statement. But my question to you about who would you bring in, I was actually talking more, more on the player front. If you are now the Palace manager, who would you bring in? Nick, I, and again, going back, I said at the beginning of the season, I thought we were 4-10-11. I think we're 2-4-7-10-11 missing. The five players missing out of that squad, we've got players that are that just aren't good enough. And I think we need to... We, we're not good enough now to adapt. We're not good enough at the moment to adapt to different systems. As in, you know, when, when, I, when I went to the United game in the week, I couldn't, I, I couldn't work out where, where MacArthur was playing, even though he scored. I couldn't work out wherever he was. Yeah. Right wing, centre mid, but he scored. He was, he was playing, you know, he was playing number nine. 
So I, you're, I, I so you're two, four, seven, ten, and eleven. I mean, if you think about our injuries at the moment, your two is Suarez or three. Uh, your four Suarez is gone. You got you think Suarez. Suarez four, gone. Yeah, your four is Tomkins. Your ten or eleven is Wickham. Okay, so we're not that far off. A decent but, but, team. Yeah, but Wickham, Wickham's broken. Wickham's broken. He's good for the season. We've got counting him out. Suarez broken for the season, if not forever. And you know, we've got certain players out. Our, our cover is up front. Is Campbell? Listen, it's the Premier League. <laughs> you know, I, I know he scored the other day, but you can count on. It's just, it's just not good enough. It, it isn't good enough. And I don't, I don't mean to say that it's disparaging. To, but I'm just, I mean, it's not quality enough. And that's the thing. You know, I think we should have bought. We could have bought one dog last at the end of the last season. Mm. Do you and, think and, there's and any another player? You need to feed the situation. That's what you need to do. Yeah. You don't. You don't feed a situation. You don't feed a bad situation. Left back, which has been our problem for four seasons. Yeah. It's been it's been mocking it. You know, it was, it was probably the best left back we've had for a, for a while. But consistent. You know, he was just consistent. He was never brilliant, and he was never really very bad. He never let you us know, down. Really, he never let us down, mate. And you're right. No, and no he never. And this is the voice of Joe Holio. You're listening to people. The voice of a whole radio, and he's talking sense as always. Joe, <laughs> um, do you think um, new manager coming in? There's any players in the squad you'd want him to be getting more out of? He said, "I think uh, uh, there's, I think there's players that we've got that are just they are just all, they are what they are. They're, I don't think they're ever going to get any better. We, you know, every now and then you see Ward have an absolute blinder, but he's sort of he's on the average. You know, you see Kelly every now and then he has a blinder." But he's very average. You know, that's what we've got. We've got too many. We've got too many average players. And those average players, when they have a bad game, i.e., when they come up against someone like Will and they get ripped a new one, they get slaughtered. You know, we've we've got we've got players that obviously have a an ego. You know, a, a, a massive ego, and when egos clash, you know, we we know Will's probably got one. We know Tones has got one. We definitely know Townsend's got one. You know, these players, they've been called out all, all, all of last season. You know, they were called out on a manager. They upset them. When they get mugged in public, even though they've got an ego, they don't like it, yeah. them. And they don't. And, you know, going back to, like I said, you, you guys know I've been about punching. You know, I, I know there's better players. Miles better players out there. But, but, but I've seen we like to try out. We like we like people that punch for the bench. And he does do that. And a lot of uh, people appreciate that. But, how good is punch, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, while I get while I've got you on there, I'm just in the chat yeah, but room. But the thing is, he, he, yeah, but he binned him from the cup final. Why did he do it? All of a sudden, we were like, why don't they find On a pitch that size, when he can, when he can run at people, and he can use his, you know, he, he can use his limits. I, I, I just, I just thought that was the biggest mistake. And how many players do you ever see go after their own manager after doing what he did? Like mm. literally abusing yeah, in full view of a billion people watching that game. And everyone's going, why is he shouting at the manager? Oh, yeah, because he dropped him. And he's called him a what? A blank, blank, blank. I think yeah. he said fine wine. Yeah, exactly. Joe, while we got you on, Joe, before we let you go, just a couple of comments what? from the chat room. Dog 3 saying, big boy, where have you been? And Booted Eagle says, hashtag, Joe knows. <laughs> it's very kind. <laughs> it's very kind. But listen, you carry on, guys. I'm, I'm just down at Blue Water with my wife. Yeah, you better crack on, mate. Listen, happy Christmas to you and your family, yeah? Thanks, guys. All the best to you. See you, mate. Thank you.
Bye-bye. Dedication to the whole radio calls there. Bless him. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, Chris. You are right? Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks. Um, it was just, yeah, I was taken off air for some legal issues. I had to explain Terence's conduct. Just <laughs> some lawyers. Uh, um, you're going to be getting a phone call later, mate. I'm not looking to say I tried. <laughs> I tried as best as I can. Uh, no, I, I just wanted to make sure I popped back before uh, before we end things, really, because uh, we had plenty of plenty to talk about, plenty of reaction, which has been great. Thank you so much for uh, all your contact today as well. Um, but it looks it looks very much like we will be marching forward with Sam Allardyce in charge. Um, from my perspective, the club will always have my support. The players and the team will always have my support. I will find it very, very difficult to support that managerial appointment. Um, a lot of people might say that if results turn positive, I'll soon change my mind. Don't I don't know. Um, but we will be able to find, <laughs> find out in, in about a year's time if I am being positive. We'll be able to seek out clips from this show and embarrass me with them later on, at the very, very least. So, um, But look, it's another chapter in, in the history of Palace, but I think... It's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? There's, there's a lot more sadness about on on social media now. It's all sunk in, but you know, there could be a positive as well. It could be a huge positive change for us. It could be the next big chapter in in the history of Crystal Palace where we achieve things that we've never achieved before. Which, let's face it, uh, since since 2010, that's pretty much all we've done: achieve things that we've never achieved before. Uh, barring equaling that third place finish, I think, or, or bettering it, I think we've pretty much done everything else, haven't we? So yeah, maybe, maybe we do need to trust uh, in the board and the yep. decisions. I was just that about to make. say that, Chris. There's have that. What have 2010 done wrong in the last five years? Not a lot. So perhaps it's it's time to give them a break and uh, and wish them well with everything they do for our club. There you go. I agree. I was expecting Terence to come in and argue again, but he didn't. He restrained himself. I, I remained silent. <laughs> remained silent. Look, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it there. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this unscheduled reaction show. Um, it's very difficult to do when I'm this ill, but um, I think we got some, some great content, some great callers, and um, it was important that we gave a reaction to it because, it's again, it's huge news. Almost, well, it was. It was completely unexpected that it would happen on this day. I'm sure we'll be speculating about, speculating about the reasons for it. Um, for, for weeks to come so let's see what happens next um, we will of course be back on the 4th of January at the latest with the show but um, if there is a managerial appointment in that time which seems likely I'm sure we'll be doing a show to react to that as well so uh, thanks a lot Merry Christmas see you soon bye 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 Homesdale Radio sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk the next generation of fantasy football it's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.